always said that, you know, pet sitting is not for the faint of heart. Um, it's a rewarding profession, but it's difficult. It's not easy. And so I think that that grit and determination that I, I think most pet sitting and, and dog walking business owners have, and they've already possessed, has been really important during this time. I'm Colin. And I'm Megan. And this is Pet Sitter Sitter Confessional, Confessional. an open and honest discussion about life as a pet sitter. Well, hello, everybody, and welcome back to another Friday episode. In our continued series looking at how conferences have changed in 2020, today we have Beth Stoltz Harrison president of Pet Sitters International, on to discuss how they've adapted their material to an online format, though it's not necessarily a new move for them. And then we discuss some things about the industry, how people are adapting, and the outlook that Beth and PSI have for the future of the pet care industry. Let's dive right in. I am Beth Stoltz-Hairston, president of Pet Sitters International. PSI is the world's leading educational association for professional pet sitting and dog walking business owners. We have members in the U.S., Canada, and in many other countries as well. And PSI's focus is on providing business tools and educational resources and the support of the pet sitters and dog walkers need uh, at every stage of their careers. The last time we had you on was to talk about your in-person conference, but some things have changed since then, and you have made some some big shifts to the conference that you have coming up. Could you tell us a little bit about those changes to the conference and what that's going to look like this year? Definitely a lot of changes uh, since we last spoke. <laughs> uh, and of course, as, as you know, um, we did have to transition from our in-person conference that was originally scheduled for this October in St. Louis uh, to a, vo- a virtual conference. You know, now, fortunately, I think for PSI, online learning has been a significant part of our educational offerings for, for several years now. And then we've also had an online conference for the past two years, uh, in addition to our in-person conference. So we were really comfortable and we didn't want to make that change. We love seeing our members in person, uh, but of course, we want everyone to be safe. Fortunately, on our end, online learning was not a huge transition for us, but we did have a really wonderful lineup of speakers and session topics planned for St. Louis. So we're excited that we were able to keep virtually all of those sessions the same as we transition to a virtual conference. We've actually added an additional speaker, but we were uh, we got in touch immediately with our speakers and all of them were on board and able to participate in the virtual conference instead of the in-person event. And then we just had a look at how to make that transition happen. And so We know that now there are various um, virtual conference platforms, uh, definitely many now more than ever. But what we've intentionally opted to stick with uh, this time are platforms that our members and attendees are already familiar with. And so we want to make the virtual conference as accessible and as stress-free as possible. And so for us, that means using a combination of GoToWebinar, a Zoom, and a private Facebook group to make this virtual conference happen. And as you've mentioned, you have a, a long history and, with online learning and have even offered some online uh, conferences in the past. So how is this one maybe similar or different if somebody has attended one of the previous styles that you've had? 
That's a great question. It's actually one that we had to answer ourselves when we made the decision to go virtual this year. Our virtual conference will look different than our typical online conference, but the great news for attendees is that it will still have some of those perks they're accustomed to with our online conference. So it's going to be easy to access, and then all the sessions will be recorded so that they can go back later and view the session recordings if they happen to miss a session or if they want to view something again later. Um, and you know, our online conference has been so popular these past two years, and the format has been really well received, but we don't want this conference to follow that exact same format as our online conference did in March. So I don't want to give all of our secrets away, <laughs> but I can tell you um, that we're making plans to really virtually replicate some of the favorite parts of our in-person conference course, other than the sessions themselves. And that includes our opening ceremony and the Pet Sitter of the Year crowning, our trade show. Uh, There's a charitable component that we have at each year's conference. And then, of course, the networking opportunities. Yeah. And I I actually do want to hear more about those because that's such a big thing for attending in-person conferences is the ability to network, to see people face-to-face. So what kind of opportunities are you guys being able to provide with the online conference this year? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we agree that one of the most important parts of conference attendance of any conference um, is the networking and the ability to make connections with fellow attendees and even vendors. So we really have committed to making sure that the virtual format doesn't hinder that. So the participants of this virtual conference in October, um, they'll have access to the attendee list by location in advance, which is something that we typically do for our in-person conference as well. So they'll be able to know in advance who's going to be also participating, who they may want to connect with based on maybe their location or that type of thing. And then we'll be using both Facebook and Zoom for both some structured and informal networking opportunities. I mean, we're excited about the agenda, but we've always said for our in-person meetings that while the sessions are are so important and we always carefully select those that we think some of the most business changing and life changing connections happen outside of those session times. And so we want to make sure that we're really able to curate that in the virtual event as well. It's really good to hear that there's been a focus on maintaining those as best possible. And I know that'll be a little bit different experience for people who are attending but those opportunities are still there to get connected with people. And that list, as you said, is just so powerful to see, oh, wow, these people are also in my area. Let's, you know, I, I never knew that. Let's get in touch and, and see how, what they're doing. Exactly. And some of my favorite stories from our in-person events, you know, we hear year after year, people will say, you know, I learned a lot of the sessions and I've made these specific changes. But, you know, what's most important to me is I met this pet sitter who I was not familiar with, was maybe you know, the next town over. And now we're meeting regularly for coffee. We're discussing our issues and just having that local support system has just changed the trajectory of my business. And so even though we won't have people meet in person this year, we still want to facilitate those types of connections because they're so important for small businesses. Yeah, especially in these times where you may feel very isolated or not know what's going on or who to reach out to. So still having those those opportunities and, as you said, those connections becomes really powerful and really necessary. Exactly. So as a reminder, because uh, that's been, it feels like it's been 10 years since we last spoke. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, could you give us a breakdown of kind of what to expect, maybe some topics or the breakouts, those kind of things for this year's conference? We're covering a variety of topics uh, this year. And so these were the topics that were planned pre-pandemic, but we've talked to our speakers and said they're going to really be catered to what is going on in our industry now. 
Um, but we have some of the topics we have are getting with the puppy program, which is how to address the special needs of puppies and introduce that as a new service into your company. Uh, we have sessions on pricing and how to make sure you're setting profitable pricing for your business. Um, we um, One of the, I'd say, most asked for sessions at every conference, it seems, you know, pet sitters and dog walkers can never get enough of in, uh, information about the pet sitter insurance. And there are so many misconceptions about what is covered and what is not covered. And so at the virtual conference this year, uh, David Pearsall from Business Insurers will be talking about coverage at every stage so that businesses can make sure um, that they have the specific coverage they need, depending on how their business is structured at this moment. We have sessions from an HR expert on how to delegate so that your business can grow. Um, we have sessions on um, performing obtaining a pet sitter website, uh, an advanced cat challenges session. Um, we, our keynote speaker is Kristen Lee, who's going to be talking about brand disruption and how to really lead through authenticity. Uh, I'm really excited about that session. And then we also have a session um, that's really a case study. And so I'm really excited for this because it was, again, planned pre-pandemic, and now the session has been updated. But we have a member who was presenting a session on how they created a local dog walking club with an accompanying Facebook page and how much it increased their community connections and boosted business. But now, because of what's happened in the last few months, she's going to be able to also share in her session how she was able to pivot and turn her dog walking club into an online event that still promoted her business and helped her make community connections. Wow, it's it's crazy to listen to those topics and think that they were all planned pre-pandemic because of just how insanely relevant they are to things that are happening right now. You know, you mentioned the the puppy program. I know that's a really big topic and a lot of people are discussing that because of all of the puppies that were either adopted or bought or, you know, uh, acquired to, to families as the lockdown started and now trying to figure out how do we meet those needs? How do we take care of them? How do we ensure that they don't end either back for adoption or exactly. go somewhere. And and so that's really cool to hear that you guys are uh, still offering that. You know, it's really, it's really, I say it's serendipitous because as we, of course, once we understood that it was going to have to, the decision was going to have to be made to go virtual, we sat down, we wanted to work with these speakers, but we really sat down to examine each session to say, okay, is this still relevant? And it was, you know, even funny for us as a staff to go, Wow, you know, who would have known last year when we handpicked these speakers in these sessions how relevant they really would be? Um, and so we're certainly happy that, that that's worked out that way. Um, and we're just excited that, you know, even though we're not meeting in person, you know, attendees will still be able to, you know, have those top notch educational sessions um, and also a lot of fun. And that's something I think I want to point out. I think we definitely need some, some fun right now. It's been you know, a difficult year. And so we want to work that into our virtual conference uh, schedule as well. Not necessarily just to say it's a distraction time, but is a time to focus on neat things in the industry and neat things that we can be doing in, in our business and make it relevant and make it worthwhile. And, and so that we can be really well prepared for you know, what, what's to come. Absolutely. And also last time we talked about preparing for the in-person conference. So wondering how you would suggest people prepare for a virtual one. You know, what's funny is that even though we transitioned to virtual, a lot of the same tips that I would have shared previously for an in-person conference, um, you still apply. I would say whether you're attending an in-person conference or a virtual event, I always encourage attendees to go in with very specific goals in mind, what you want to learn, what specific connections you may want to make, because that's going to give you focus and purpose for your participation. 
I also always tell attendees, you know, don't be shy. Look to connect with other attendees and vendors, jump into conversations, ask questions, share advice. And I think that interestingly, something that will be a benefit of the virtual conference is that for our attendees who may have typically been more shy or anxious in a larger crowd setting, they may feel more comfortable participating in the virtual event. And then also, I'd say, you know, not only do you go into the conference with specific goals, but you want to come out of the conference. And again, this goes for in-person or virtual, but come out of the conference but basically a to-do list of some very specific action items you want to take and then set a timeline for that because you don't want to lose momentum after the conference. But specifically for the virtual conference, what I'm recommending to our attendees is that, you know, even though it's a virtual format, you still want to be very careful to remove distractions. An in-person event sort of automatically does that for you. you. You travel to the conference location, you're away from home, you're away from your business. So with a virtual event, you're really going to have to make sure that you carve out time, you remove distractions, and you still set this time aside to focus on the conference. Um, Again, the sessions will be available, the recordings will be available later. But I think if possible, if you can dedicate the time to participate in the conference in real time, it'll be the most valuable. Having those recordings available is so powerful because a lot of times we find ourselves going, oh, I really wish I could have attended this one or, oh, this one isn't the exact fit that I would have wanted. And so with these recordings, not only can you go and basically see all of it, you can refer these, right? These these become part of your reference uh, of, of materials to go back to. And having that timeline is is really neat because you can say, okay, now I can take these and chunk away at them little by little over the course of the next coming weeks or months so that I can you know, be learning all of this stuff. And be, because it is available and recorded, you don't have to feel like there's this rush or this panic that you're missing out on something. Exactly. You know, the other thing I think that's so useful about the recordings, because I'm guilty of this myself at live events, I have this, I guess, this urge or this you know, habit of trying to, you know, take notes, just you know, notes, very detailed notes. And sometimes I can get so caught up in that that I'm not able to absorb what I'm learning in the moment. And so that takes that pressure off. You don't have to take down every note in the actual session. You can go back and watch it you know, multiple times if you need to, to make sure you get those nuggets of information. So certainly for those who like to take notes, we still encourage that. Uh, many of the sessions have workbooks that accompany them, but it does relieve some of that pressure because you don't think I have to get this all right now or I'm going to miss it. Yeah, I I know I am definitely guilty of that as well, being so caught up in trying to get down, not necessarily a verbatim uh, transcript of what somebody's saying, but I don't want to miss anything because mm-hmm. I don't have access to it later that you're right. I miss broader discussions or larger points and not processing it while it's coming in. And those recordings allow you to, yeah, as you mentioned, to really do that. Thank you. Uh, so when is the conference and how can people get registered? So our virtual Pet Center World Educational Conference will be as a two-day event. So it's October 7th and 8th. Uh, the agenda for both days runs from 10 a.m. to approximately 5 p.m. Eastern time. And there's a break in the middle of the day. Um, to view the agenda or to learn more about the speakers and sessions or to register, uh, you just visit our website at petsit.com slash PSW2020. Um, and what also I would like to do, you know, if it's okay with you, is I can give a promo code to you that you can share with listeners. We've made the conference very affordable um, because we know it's been a difficult year. So we think it's a great value, but but who doesn't love a discount? So I can give you a, a discount code uh, to help your listeners share on the uh, re- registration fee if any of them would like to attend. 
Yeah, absolutely. And we'll include that it links to the, in the show notes as well as the uh, website for this episode too. Sounds great. Yeah, thank you so much. When we're thinking about the big changes that have happened in 2020, uh, you've, you've made this big shift to virtual conferences. What other stuff has PSI been working on, maybe even behind the scenes or front page stuff for its, for its members? Oh my, that's a, uh, how can I give a shorter answer to that? <laughs> it's been a year. Um, now, I'm sure that, you know, in talking to other organizations, you've probably heard the same, but, you know, really in the last several months, our focus has been almost entirely on the pandemic um, and providing the resources to our members. Really since, I would say, late February, it's just been full speed ahead. You know, as an association, PSI focuses exclusively on pet sitters and dog walkers. So we've been able to really, I think, focus our resources to uh, address their specific needs because we do know that you know many pet sitters and dog walkers have been impacted differently and in, in many ways, I would say more significantly than some other business types in the pet care space. So since late, uh, late February, um, we've adapted to our members' needs and we really tried to evolve and really tailor the resources that we provided. We started out in the very beginning uh, in February uh, when we, well, I would say we thought we knew what was coming. (laughs) I don't know that anyone was prepared (laughs) for what March and and April brought, but we started in February just providing tips to our members. Okay, here's some steps you can take now to prepare. And then we set set up some dedicated discussion threads uh, in our private Facebook group to start facilitating uh, those discussions. So we had specific threads that focused that were categorized. So they were focused on your impact on your business, the types of communications they were sharing with clients and staff, uh, ideas for boosting business, and then also financial resources for support. And then as the pandemic progressed, we uh, set up additional discussion threads to specifically talk about um, the process of applying for pandemic and employment assistance, and then also on uh, business loans and grants. So we started those initial conversations and really helped facilitate that, which those discussions are still going on in really an organized way in our group. And that was important to us because we wanted to make sure that members could get that information easily. Throughout the pandemic, we've also uh, done outreach to federal, state, and local officials uh, regarding deeming pet sitting as essential and then also uh, in considering pet care businesses and financial aid packages. And we provided members a template um, to do the same. Um, I think one of the things, the resources that we are really are really proud of, and definitely if someone asked me in January if I thought I would be doing this, the answer would be no. Uh, but based on a member request, member's request, we created a COVID-19 certification for pet sitters and dog walkers. And so that course walks pet sitters and dog walkers through the process of determining safety protocols and how to work with clients during this time. Uh, the course has an assessment, um, and then there's a they pass that successfully. There's a certificate of completion so that pet sitters or dog walkers can show that to clients. Uh, and we've received some, such great feedback on that. Um, we hear from our pet sitters who say, I feel so much more confident now making some decisions for my business and implementing protocols going forward. Uh, they've also told us that you know, they've shared that certificate online and then started getting service requests because clients felt more comfortable knowing that they had taken some dedicated steps to educate themselves on this topic and safety protocols. And then we've also had news coverage uh, for local members who obtained that, uh, took that course. Um, and so we wanted to make this available to as many pet sitters and dog walkers. And so that was, a, we, we always have some publicly available resources, but typically a lot of our um, specific courses are member benefits and focused on members. But we made this course available to the 
to non-members and members alike. And we made it available for just $5. And that's just to cover basically the administrative fees of the learning platform and assessment tool that we use because we wanted as many pet sitters and dog walkers to um, access that as possible. Webinars and online learning um, have always been a part, or at least for many, many years, have been a part of our educational offerings. But um, we really jumped into gear uh, really quickly to um, offer some webinar series to members to address what's going on right now. So in, additional to, in addition to the standard webinars that we offer, we've hosted two free uh, member webinar series during the pandemic so far. Um, so the first one in March really focused on COVID-19 uh, and its impact on our businesses. And so those sessions were, um, one was on boosting business during the pandemic. We had an attorney speak on employer obligations in light of COVID-19. Uh, we had an accountant speak on uh, the tax implications um, and what pet sitters need to know about you know, their taxes and accounting in light of COVID-19. We had an SEO expert um, talk about what you needed to do right now to boost your business. And then we hosted a second webinar series um, later um, well, early in the summer, uh, that we call preparing for your comeback because we know that's coming. Um, and so that included a session to really help members focus on, we have the tips now of how we're going to navigate through this pandemic, but what should we be doing to prepare our business for when we start getting more and more client requests again? And so that focused on pet sitter liability coverage, a feline enrichment for better um, cat sitting visits, how many work session to become financial practices in place, and some pet first aid, and then also um, a session on understanding the post-COVID stress for dogs and how pet sitters can help. Busy year for you guys. Oh my goodness. <laughs> yeah, and I think more, I'll stop there. But there, um, there, there are a lot. One thing I did want to mention, we did release as far as that they're publicly available. We did also publish a special COVID edition of our member magazine, Pet Sitters World. Mm. That's typically just a print publication for our members. But we did publish a special digital COVID edition that we made available publicly. And then we're also going to be releasing very soon um, what we're calling the Ultimate COVID-19 Resource Guide for Professional Pet Sitters and Dog Walkers. And that will be made available free of charge to um, the public. Wow. And I'm really hearing two major themes here. It's it's you're building confidence and you are growing community. Confidence through these education, these outreach, these webinars, all of this material. And then that community in the Facebook groups and facilitating those conversations and how that just impacts the broader dog walker, pet sitting, pet care community is is huge. You see those ripple effects as as business owners become more confident in being able to handle and understand what's going on, whether that's through the uh, COVID-19 certification course or maybe one of those online learning opportunities that they took, that allows them to take that confidence back into their business and know with surety that they uh, understand what's going on and can operate from a position of understanding as opposed to confusion or unknowing. Exactly. You know, since PSI was founded in 1994, our motto has always been pet sitting excellence through education. And that's remained true through this whole pandemic. We just want to look at let's become educated. Let's educate ourselves as an association. Let's help our members get the education that they need um, so that they, they can succeed and offer the best possible care throughout the situation and also sustain their businesses throughout the pandemic. The more you know, the the better decisions you're going to make. the The more likely you are to engage in certain or other or avoid other activities and start making some really smart moves, not just for you personally, but also the business that you're trying to run. 
Exactly. You know, and we've always remind members, there's no one size fits all for every business. Each business is unique. And so what we strive to do is to give our members as much information as possible about best practices, but also all the possible possible options. They're able to connect with uh, fellow pet care professionals in their area and also around the world to see what's working for them. And then they can take all that information and really channel it into what's going to work best for them and their business. Yeah. Yeah, you mentioned right at the beginning there of that your goal was to try and address their specific needs, and you do that as as you as you guys have done of facilitating these conversations and providing as much information as possible so that people can take that, digest it, and see how it fits, or you know sometimes more importantly how it doesn't fit with with what they're trying to do, or or maybe even the goals that they have for their business. Exactly. And one of the reasons I think that the community aspect and and PSI, we we were we were so really proud, I guess you would say, that we were able to jump in quickly and offer you know certain online sessions and certain support. But it's that community aspect that's been so important because even now, um this is situation certainly not over, um, but we have members at different stages. So we have some members who are still struggling with getting financial assistance. While others have that and they're navigating, navigating, you know, which new services are going to best suit my business. And we have others who have businesses almost back to their pre-pandemic revenue rates. Mm. So they're able to reach out to other people at different stages to say, hey, I'm struggling with this now. I see you've already gone through this. What advice can you offer? Yeah, that and that is a, a big part of the discussion. And it makes it hard to just make these broad general statements because it is so different geographically or again, even if one region is is open back up or their their business is booming, some are choosing to not to or or are unable to for various reasons. And so really knowing each specific need and providing that information is just really powerful because it it helps you know what's going on, but it also helps you feel not alone. Exactly. Let's continue this conversation with the industry. As you are talking with members and as you're looking around, what are some of the biggest, maybe short-term impacts that you're seeing or hearing about? You know, as I mentioned earlier, I think we've seen that pet sitting and dog walking businesses, generally speaking, have been some of the hardest hit within the pet care space. You know, pet parents um, pretty early on were still able to go ahead and take advantage of you know, taking their pet to the groomer. Trainers were able to transition to offering uh, training sessions through Zoom or that type of thing. Um, virtual pet sitting is not going to work, <laughs> so we didn't have those <laughs> options. Uh, and you know, these specific uh, the specific part of our industry. And so the biggest impact that we saw, you know, really almost overnight, I would say in March, is that you know travel came to really a virtual halt. Uh, many pet parents, of which are clients of our members, uh, started working from home. And so um, traveling pet parents and then pet pet parents working long hours away from home are really the top clients of pet sitters and dog walkers. So many of our members saw their schedules just, you know, just dwindle to virtually nothing in a matter of a few days. And so that was the, the first major impact that really happened so instantaneously that we saw. But I do think that, you know, understandably, um, in the first month, I would say, you know, many pet sitters and dog walkers, just for lack of a better description, we're just in you in, in freak out in freak out mode. Yeah, uh, it, it, it was overwhelming, and it's completely understandable. Um, but what we've seen, you know, even in the short term, I think everyone needs at least a few weeks to to freak out a little bit. Um, but what we saw almost immediately after that were I mean, PSI members, you know, regrouping and refocusing and getting really creative with the ways that they're able to uh, generate business, even during the pandemic. Uh, and, you know, the great thing is that pet professionals are adaptable. 
uh, you have to be in this profession. And I think that adaptability has really served uh, service well during this time. And then also, I've always said that, you know, pet sitting is not for the faint of heart. Um, it's a rewarding profession, but it's difficult. It's not easy. And so I think that that grit and determination that I, I think most pet sitting and, and dog walking business owners have, and they've already possessed, has been really important during this time. So definitely in the short term, we saw that immediate impact of canceled visits and um, and and business virtually coming to a halt. And still many are seeing that huge impact while others are seeing their state open up and are having more business. But again, the um, the bright spot in all of that is that we saw pet sitters really rally together and say, okay, this is a difficult time, but what can we do now in the short term to make sure that we sustain our business? Uh, because we know this is going to get better and we want to just stay strong and, and make it through this so that we're ready when business does pick back up. Side note here, if you haven't made uh, the phrase pet sitting is not for the faint of heart into a t-shirt or hat, I think that definitely needs to be on the discussion because I love that phrase. (laughs) You know, that may be our next t-shirt. I think I've said that. It's funny because I don't, I'm not sure. We have blog posts from years ago where I was saying that. So I'm going to go ahead, trademark that and put it on a shirt. That's a good idea. I think you need to. We'll send you one when we make it. Oh, that'd be awesome. Yeah, because it really is. and, And that creativity that you mentioned is... That has been really cool to see and to watch just in real time. People Mm -hmm. gather around, start throwing out ideas and go, what can we do? How can we make this work? And a lot of the shifts and things that people started moving into, you know, maybe they had always thought about, oh, it'd be nice if, Mm -hmm. um, or, or maybe they thought, oh, I could never go there. So what this did was it, it took us and it, it made us into a really uncomfortable position that forced us really to start thinking outside the box and to start, as you mentioned, adapting to new things. You know, it's really been, I mean, it's been a difficult time, of course, but I have just been so inspired over the last several months. I mean, here at PSI, I mean, the PSI staff in general, we are just idea people. Patty Moran, and our founder, she's definitely, she is the supreme idea person. I mean, she started the industry. And so we sort of have that culture here of having these, what may seem like huge ideas and trying to implement them. And so that's part of our nature here at the association. But I think just seeing this in real time with our members and how quickly they just said, hey, we're going to make this happen. Let's find ways to do it. Um, that's just been so inspiring to me to really see that in action. Um, it's such a quick time frame. Yeah. So so what are some of the creative ways, maybe out of the box things that you are seeing your members doing to adjust to this this new world that we're in? You know, I think that's really been one of the silver linings in all of this because there has been so much creativity and new ideas that have come out of this. You know, we've always encouraged members to, you know, diversify their businesses. And that would include not only their services, but also in the clientele that they reached out to. But I think that naturally when business is booming and they were already, you know, getting more dog walking or pet sitting requests they could handle, you know, diversifying was not a top priority. Right. Um, so during the pandemic, though, we've been able to work with members and say, hey, what about these ideas? And then we've been able to uh, really crowdsource with all of our members about the services and maybe the new markets they were reaching out to um, that were really working best during the pandemic. I think one of the first things we saw um, really in terms of diversifying was first in the clientele that they reached out to. What we did see uh, really early on was that businesses who already had a large number of medical professionals or other types of first responders in their client base have typically been able to generate more business during the pandemic. So what we're seeing now is other pet sitters take note and say, okay, I need to take a closer look at how I market my services, who I market my services to, and make sure that I have a really diverse client base. And so they're looking for ways to reach out to those specific professions. 
But then in terms of services, we're definitely seeing, I think, which is to be expected, an increase in demand for pet transportation. Many businesses already technically offer pet transportation as part of their services, but they didn't actively promote that. Um, but now with many clients, and I think especially those who may be uh, in the older demographic or maybe have health concerns, um, they're trying to limit, limit their exposure you know, as much as possible. And so the demand for pet transportation to grooming appointments or veterinary visits um, has definitely increased. Um, one of the things that I, um, I've been, I guess you'd say, most excited about, and I know initially we have some businesses that focus exclusively on cats. And I think that there was that initial concern of, okay, what do I do? My clients, you know, when I get businesses only from vacationing um, clients who have cats. And so, you know, dog walkers may be able to still try to promote their services in this way, but what do we do? And so we've seen a lot of cat sitters um, have some real success by offering new services such as deep litter box cleans or enrichment visits. And so they're saying, you know, you may still be at home, but let's have scheduled this visit where we really, really focus on enrichment for your cat. And we also offered a session on that during one of our webinar series. Um, but then I think the last thing that I've seen in terms of, which is not necessarily a new market or a new service, but even for common services such as dog walking, businesses have really had to adapt and learn new ways to market these services. You know, traditionally, um, those who had offered midday dog walking, they would promote that to pet parents who you know, worked long hours or couldn't come home on their lunch breaks you know, to let the dog out. But now they've had to learn, okay, how do I promote this service and show the value of it to clients who may now be working from home mm. and they don't see the immediate need for a dog walker? And so I just think that, um, you know, not to minimize the difficulty that businesses are going through, but I just think that, you know, the diversification of the services and the clients that we're seeing really be forced to do, make now, they're just going to strengthen the businesses even more. And they're going to be stronger when uh, things return to a more normal state. It's really flexed our creative muscles here. You know, that, that point you mentioned of about marketing is how do I market my services? If you've spent you know, 10 years saying, well, when you're at work, we'll come and walk your dog. Well, now if everybody's at home, it's, it's forced us to go, okay, um, why is this still good for you? I know it is, but how can I verbalize that? How can I put that in an infographic so that you, the, the owner, will understand that as well so they continue to see that benefit? Yeah, exactly. And what I've told a lot of members, and this can seem frustrating at first, I know, especially for established businesses that have been really hit hard, but it's really such a, a unique opportunity is that it's easy to get discouraged, but really in times like these, you have to go back and think when I was first starting my business, how did I start boosting business? And so much of that comes from really striving to make strong connections in your community and with pet parents, and then also just actively marketing your services any chance you get. And so for businesses who really weren't even having to really market or advertise anymore because they had such a steady client base, to be able to go back to that beginning and think, okay, what are the things that have worked? What do I need to do? I think it really reminded them of that excitement that they first had when they started their businesses. And many people did have that just in a very real way where they had to completely shut down for a month or more. Mm -hmm. And so it was kind of this, hey, it's almost like we're starting from zero again. Mm -hmm. So how can we market differently? How are we going to maybe they spent that time rebranding or, you know, removing or changing the services that they offer. So it really was in a very real sense, this kind of Phoenix moment of a lot of businesses coming out and going, 
hey, this is different. We're still here, but this is how we're going to be operating. Absolutely. So I know you have a crystal ball there in your office um, and you've been hiding it this whole time. So uh, what are your thoughts on the long-term impacts on the industry looking forward? First, I really do wish I had that crystal ball for a lot of things outside of pet sitting. Um, <laughs> but but you know, seriously, for the pet sitting industry, um, and I think it may seem a little bit odd to say this right now because I think you know, many are still struggling, but at PSI, we are really excited about what's in store for our industry. Um, you know, our industry or Heck, I mean, it's our whole world. You know, we're definitely in a storm right now. But the thing is, storms don't last forever. And so we've been focused now on preparing members for what we'll call you their comeback. Um, and although I would note, um, most of our members we've found never completely shut down their business. Mm. Obviously, um, requests were very limited, although some have. Um, but either way, whether it's, you know, completely reopening their business or just getting back to those pre-pandemic levels, it really is a comeback. So um, as it becomes safer to travel and clients return to work, what we're envisioning really is a large uptick in the demand for pet sitting and dog walking. I think that people's um, eagerness just to go somewhere again once we've been cooped up for so long. Um, and then combined, I know something you mentioned earlier with the large number of pets that have been adopted throughout the pandemic. I think we're going to see that result in just an influx request from both uh, our members' previous clients and also new clients. Um, you know, I also think that our industry is going to come out of this stronger. Um, I know for so many of our members, they've taken advantage of this unexpected um, downtime and extra time to really focus in on their continuing education and their training. We've seen so many members earn their certified professional pet sitter designation. Uh, they've taken advantage of pet first aid. And they've also just really taken this time to, you know, look at their business from a very like foundational level, their business processes. They've diversified their services that we've talked about. Um, and I think they'll be prepared for this upcoming wave of business with a stronger and more prepared company. Another long-term effect that I think we're really going to see, and I really haven't heard people talking about it, um, and that is that what I really hope, and I do hope this will occur, and that's an, an increased focus on pet sitters and dog walkers uh, taking care of themselves, taking better care of themselves, and finding a better work-life balance. And I have heard from so many PSI members over the last few months, and you know, they've shared that obviously this current situation is uh, not ideal, and it was obviously forced downtime. <laughs> But now that they've had time to you know, really slow down a little bit, it's made many of them realize you know, that, wow, I think I was really on the verge of burnout or really I've missed so much in my personal life because I've been so overwhelmed by business. And so I think that, and I know that from pensioners I've talked with, they're making some specific plans now for when business does fully rebound to go ahead and have more boundaries in place and to organize their schedules to allow them the downtime they need. And so I think that's going to be another positive outcome of the situation. It really is. As you mentioned, it was forced upon us. Nobody really asked for this to happen. No. But that really, that silver lining of going, oh, wow, whenever I have these quiet moments, I actually wake up feeling better or more refreshed. And mm -hmm. then that next step of going, how can I build this into my schedule? Where can I set these boundaries? Maybe I had boundaries in place, but I never really enforced them. Or, may, or maybe I never had boundaries and now I need to figure out where that line in the sand is. We talk a lot about burnout, compassion, fatigue, and PSI. Uh, we have our Pets That Are Life campaign that focuses on work-life balance. And it's, a, it's a really important issue to us. And so I do think we're going to see that come out of the situation of Pets That Are Saying. You know, when I did have that downtime, again, I don't want that much downtime <laughs> in the future. <laughs> but now that I've had it, I really realized the importance of you. Know, some of you said, you know, 
I'm eating at home more because obviously we're not going out and just the having time to breathe, relax, to, you know, eat at home, prepare, uh, prepare more healthy meals at home to, you know, get exercise myself. They're feeling so much better. And I think those are some lessons they're going to take with them. And it's going to strengthen their business because you really do have to take, we, we tell members, you know, self-care is a hallmark of professionalism. Mm-hmm. You have to take care of yourself so that you can offer the best service to your clients. And so I'm happy to see a, a refocus on that. It really has been of going, okay, I don't have my business to direct all of my attention to and eat mm-hmm. up my time. I just have me or my immediate family now. Okay, what can I be doing with this? And starting to maybe flex those muscles that we've never flexed before of taking care of ourselves and investing back into ourselves. That, that's a skill that will pay dividends for years to come. As we think about the future and where things are going, I know you guys are very excited at PSI for what the outlook looks like. Right now, what are some things or maybe some advice that you could give to business owners and pet care providers about moves they could be making to put themselves on a good foot moving forward? That, that's a good question. I think the first thing that comes to mind, and I, I really you know, sort of already alluded to this before, but I would say you know, make the most of this downtime to better your business. I mentioned earlier, members taking courses, becoming certified. Uh, we're also encouraging members to just get back to the basics take a close look at their finances, go over their business policies with a fine-tooth comb, look at your service area, your service offerings, your ideal client, your pricing. Um, You know, so many business owners struggle typically with having time to work on their business and not just in it. And so now is that time that's going to strengthen you for the future. Um, The other thing I have been telling pet sitters, and we've really seen this and just hearing stories from so many pet sitters throughout this pandemic, is that you really need to never uh, underestimate the value of learning from other pet sitters. Um, The pandemic, what we found is that while there have been certain impacts that affected all pet sitting and dog walkers, but the pandemic still has not impacted every pet sitting and dog walking business equally. You know, now in a lot of those cases, I think it was due to location, but that was a big factor. But there are also many reasons that we've seen that some businesses have fared better than others. That often included their financial planning prior to the pandemic, their target clients I've mentioned earlier, and the processes they had in place. So now it's time for other pet sitters to learn from fellow pet care professionals and say, why were they better prepared for this downturn? And what can I do? Um, Well, we hope there was never, you know, we don't experience another pandemic, but what can I do to prepare for hard times that could come in the future so my business could be better prepared if it wasn't this time? Um, And I think lastly, I would say, don't defeat yourself. Um, It is a tough time for a lot of businesses. We're actually seeing uh, a lot of businesses report back to us, a lot of members report back to us, that business is starting to go up significantly. Uh, Some have even said it's back to their pre-pandemic or even above their pre-pandemic levels, but others are still struggling to even generate minimal revenue. But I'll say, I would say, you know, don't throw in the towel. Um, The actions that help you start your business, I mentioned earlier, you know, the connecting with pet parents and the actively, actively marketing your services. Those are the same steps you should be taking now to weather this crisis. You know, we have members that have been in business 5, 10, 15, 20, 25 years, and this is a storm right now, but it's temporary. And so while I think, as I mentioned earlier, everyone had that freakout period, now is the time to really just dig deep and say, what can I do now? What can I do now to promote my services? Are there specific ideas I can implement to boost business? Because members have spent, pet sitters and dog walkers in general, have spent you know, blood, sweat, and tears and money to build up their businesses. Uh, and we want them to maintain those businesses so that they can take advantage of the new business that's going to be coming soon. Making sure that, yes, that they're taken care of and 
I love that looking at their business and going, where are the leaks? Where are things that need to be tightened down? Whether that's the insurance that I have, whether that's other operating expenses and the the policies, procedures, all of that really taking a fine tooth comb to that and going, okay, let's get this. You know, I, maybe I wanted to do this for the past five years, but I just never really had time. Well, I've got a lot of time right now. Uh, you know, some people do to continue to work through those so that when business picks back up or maybe you need to reassess and see how you need to pivot and going through those will really help you to make those kind of decisions. Exactly. You know, it's, it's, it's not good times that reveal weaknesses, right? <laughs> the bad times, unfortunately it works that way, but I don't, you know, but I see that as an opportunity, right? If you have identified some weaknesses in your business and you say, I should have been better prepared. I should have had this in place. Well, there's no better time than now to start that process of strengthening your business so that you'll be prepared in the future. So if somebody isn't a member of PSI, why should they consider it and how can they become a member? I would invite any professional pet sitter or dog walker uh, who is not already a member to join PSI. And, you know, and that's because I really believe that PSI members have access to just the best business tools and education and support they need to uh, thrive in the industry. And I would say that even if I didn't work for PSI. <laughs> um, but you know, there, for those who may not be familiar with PSI, uh, there are so many benefits. Uh, members have access to a discounted a group rate pet sitter insurance and bonding. And actually, the saving on the insurance more than pays for your membership fee. Uh, members get a custom business profile uh, with a, a unique SEO optimized URL on our Pet Sitter Locator. Um, members receive a subscription to Pet Sitters World Magazine, which is a print magazine that's mailed to you six times per year. We have free live member webinars and a library of on demand re- webinars, customizable downloadable pet, pet sitter forms such as daily report cards, client invoices. Uh, templates for promotional materials, press releases. Um, I think one of my favorite benefits is our monthly member toolkit. And so each month, our members take advantage of a monthly member toolkit. And so that includes an email with trending articles that they can share with clients through email or post on social media. Each month, there's a featured online article uh, with a bonus resource and a special offer just for members. There's also a featured member resource um, each month. It's often a pet sitter or a form template, a client handout, or a webinar. And then we also host a live Facebook um, Q&A in our private Facebook group um, each month. But I would say, just in addition to all of that, and I know we've talked about this a few times during, during this conversation, but I think that community is so important for all pet sitting and dog walking business owners. And I really believe that the, you know, the opportunities for networking and community through PSI are just unmatched. Um, members have the opportunity to connect with fellow uh, pet care professionals um, in our private Facebook group. We also uh, share member stories and tips and resources in our print publication and in our online resources. Um, and you really just cannot put a price on that. But you know, PSI, and we were talking about this in the office recently, but um, among our staff, but you know, PSI has always talked about strength in numbers, but this pandemic has just really truly cemented for, I think, all of us the importance of having a professional group to rely on. Um, I can't say it enough, but I have been so, I guess, just proud and in awe of our members and their willingness to help one another this year. It really, it really actually makes me emotional. Um, but, you know, whether that was just helping a fellow member in their same area navigate the process for applying for the pandemic and employment assistance, or whether they were willing to you know, have a conversation, get on a phone call with a fellow member to talk about like maybe a revenue generating idea that was working for them. 
Um, I just I know that that kind of support has literally saved businesses during this time. And we want all pet sitters and dog walkers to have access to um, that same level of support. So if anyone is not a member, uh, it is really easy to join. Our membership, again, does focus on pet sitters and dog walkers. So you do have to offer pet sitting or dog walking to qualify for membership. But you can join PSI anytime online at petsit.com slash join. Um, also, for those who may prefer to uh, register by phone, our staff is available by phone Monday through Thursday. I would also say you know, our members are small business owners, so we do work to keep our annual membership dues uh, very affordable. And uh, we look forward to welcoming new members. But I would also say, I just want to mention that even for those who may be listening who aren't ready to be a member yet, um, if you have any questions about PSI membership or just pet sitting questions in general, um, PSI is here to help. So you can be, reach us through the contact forms on our website um, by email at info at or you can reach us by phone. And we're happy to help whether you are a member or not. If we do have someone listening today who is not a member and they're interested in joining, I'll give you a special promo code um, that you can uh, provide on your website with this episode to give them a discount on first year membership. I know that times right now are very difficult for many uh, and every dollar counts. So we'll make a promo code available for your listeners if they are interested in joining. Yeah, and thank you so much. And we'll have that as well as the links that we've discussed and the code for the conference as well in the show notes on our website too. And so there are just so many exciting things going on right now at PSI and the, everything in the industry as well. And I want to thank you so much for all that you're doing for your members and the industry at large. And thank you so much for coming on today and sharing all that work and all of the optimism that you guys have moving in the future and where you think the industry stands. Thank you so much. I appreciate the opportunity to talk with you again. Pet sitting is definitely not for the faint of heart. And so if you haven't been told this recently, or maybe you haven't said it to yourself, please hear this from both Megan and I. You are killing it. You are doing such a great job, especially considering everything that's going on in 2020. Literally everything is set against us. And yet we all keep fighting. It's hard some days. It's really hard some days. But as Beth mentioned, that grit, that determination that is inherent and what it takes to be a pet sitter is paying dividends in years like 2020. So if you are interested in joining Pet Sitters International, head on over to petsit.com join. And when you're ready to check out, use the promo code PSC15 for $15 off your first year membership. If you're interested in attending the virtual conference, head on over to petsit.com slash 2020-virtual-conference. And when you check out there, use the promo code CONFESSIONAL for $10 off your conference fee. 